This is a test of the Kaiju Emergency Alert System. This is only a test. In the event of an actual Kaiju attack, the signal you just heard would be followed by emergency information, news, or instructions. I repeat, this is only a test. We now return you to regularly scheduled programming. Welcome to episode 70 of the Kaiju Cast, the podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and welcome to not only episode 70, but the first, this is the first, no, the second, excuse me, episode I've been drinking, uh, second episode of November 2012, and joining me here tonight for this episode, at least, you know, the regular stuff before we get into the Daikaiju discussion specific things, is Jeff Dean. Hello, everyone. And uh, not only are we going to talk about our Daikaiju discussion movie for this month, which is Gamera the Brave, we are going to be covering some very, very cool things, and I'm glad you've all joined us because, uh, uh, well, you know, you're just going to have to wait for it. And as usual, we do have some music to start off with, uh, specifically some requests, and we're going to kick things off with the opening theme to Godzilla, Mothra, Mechagodzilla, Tokyo SOS for Brian.
Hey, that's our music for the month, at least for the beginning of the show. Hey, uh, Jeff, you know that last track was from Godzilla vs. Biollante, which we're going to be talking about in just a little while, uh, because I have a review of the Blu-ray disc put out by Echo Bridge. The reason I played that is because, A, it's from the movie that we're going to be talking about, but B, um, as I was watching it with Tiger, he listened to that song, and Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, this kind of sounds like uh, Danny Elfman. And I'm like, it yeah, does. Yeah, it, does it does actually kind of sound a little bit like Danny Elfman. It does have that whimsical, dun, 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 you know, Elf, Elfman style. Yeah. So that was Koichi Sugiyama's uh, "Fight in the Business Park" one from Biollante. And actually, if you if you were to buy the Godzilla vs. Biollante CD, the the soundtrack, there's a lot of stuff that's not on that CD. It's kind of amazing. This was actually from the Godzilla perfect soundtrack the 50th collection 50th anniversary collection kind of thing anyway Mm -hmm. blah 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 that's uh music nerd stuff uh before that we played hats off to you godzilla by the groovy ghoulies and that was for john and uh as i said we started it off with tokyo uh, man this is what happens when you've been drinking (laughs) tokyo sos's main theme by michiro oshimu for uh, Brian and uh, I love all three of those songs. They're they're fantastic tracks. They are. Yeah. Uh, well, we're gonna go ahead and move on to our next thing. Because uh, unfortunately, I don't have any music from Gamma the Brave, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that. But uh, once again, class, it is time for our Dai Kaiju discussions. Every month, the Kaiju Cast will take one month from the giant monster landscape 
and uh, task the listeners with submitting the thoughts, questions, and reviews for the next month's Daikaiju discussion episode. Thanks to an online tool, I've randomized every episode, with the exception of some uh, recent edits to that uh, list. And uh, basically, it's your job to send in your your comments, questions, and reviews, and we talk about it. And uh, this month is the 2006 Gamera the Brave. And Gamera the Brave is a is a weird movie. We talk about it a little bit in this uh, particular discussion. Yes. A lot of people don't really remember it as being an awesome Godzilla, or sorry, not an awesome Godzilla movie, but an awesome kaiju film. And, uh, you know, the, the director, the special effects people, none of these people really worked in the genre before you know, withstanding some Power Rangers and Common Rider stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think it it's one of those things where normally, you know, normally I'd be like, well, it really shows. Well, no, not this time. Not this time. So uh, Martin joined us. He came in uh, and we watched the movie earlier this, this uh, week, and this is how that went. Uh, so we just finished watching Gamera the Brave and joining me here in the studio, the Kaiju Cast HQ and uh, Megaplex Theater, we have Martin Vavra. Hey, hey. And of course, Jeff Dean. Hello. And um, like I said, this is the we just watched Gamera the Brave. Now, this is the first time either of you had seen this film, correct? True. Yes. Uh, and so uh, just before we get, you know, into it, hardcore, initial thoughts. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Oh, okay. All right. Did you did you read anything about the film before you showed up? Or no, I, I didn't. It was actually the, the invite kind of made it feel like, hey guys, don't set your expectations <laughs> too high on this one. So I didn't, and and uh, I, yeah, I kind of felt like I was uh, I un- unintentionally lowered my expectations. Mission accomplished on my part. <laughs> nice work, Mister Yount. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, um, I agree with Martin. I thought it was uh, it exceeded my expectations. Okay, good to know, good to know. Um, so, uh, first time watching this, each of you have seen a handful, if not all, of the original Gamera films, the 60s films and 70s films, mm-hmm. and you definitely have seen all three of the Heisei Gamera films. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was uh, produced in 2006. What would you say about, let's just start with the story. Like, how did you guys enjoy the actual story of the film? Uh, compared to like the the Heisei trilogy, I think it's a little unfair to stack it up against the Heisei series. I I, I disagree at it being unfair. We're talking about the exact same studio that's producing it. It is growing behind it. Some some I would imagine the the exact same or or even larger dollar amounts to make it. Absolutely, the the production value on this was really good, but. I don't think that you can put it up against there because it really is two different cameras. Oh, completely. for sure. For sure, two different the, cameras. The, the, the very first camera at the beginning of this movie is arguably the same camera from the Heisei series. The, the, and the, are they the Millennium Trilogy? Is that... No, no. Millennium is, is a term we use for Godzilla To stuff. the Godzillas only. I was thinking those had the same one. But yeah, it's it, there's, there's about two minutes of the same... Uh, camera in there and after that it, it really isn't it's everything feels different everything is shot different everything looks different the action's different everything about it is different mm, yeah um but it's still really well done even though it's uh, taken a completely different turn than than what the heisei series did yeah definitely a com- i mean just left turn from albuquerque is as far as like the story and and the plot go uh right back to almost a u-turn 
back to making it a kid's film. But I didn't actually have a problem with that. I thought um, I thought when I heard about it being a kid's film, I thought there was going to be... Um, and I know there has been some backlash from the fans, but I thought it was going to be, you know, like the uh, the kids' films that we'd seen recently. Like, let's talk about all the uh, briefly talk about the kids' films, uh, the, the the Godzilla films with kids in them from you know the two thousands, the nineties, nineteen ninety nine. Had Godzilla two thousand that had a kid in it. Um, Megagirus had a kid in it. Yeah. GMK didn't really have a kid in it. No, not really. And then, um, of course, uh, <laughs> then um, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla or Godzilla x Mechagodzilla had a kid in it and um, got Tokyo SOS had a kid in it and it's sort of Final Wars kind of had a kid in it at one point. Very small role for that one. But those other films, the Godzilla films, all had kids with leading roles in them yeah i thought this one really had it harkens back to the gamma films of the 60s and some of the early 70s godzilla films where the kids were really the focus of yeah the stuff like uh godzilla versus megalon yeah, yeah i mean the God, kid yeah. is the main character of the film yeah and i think you should say what you said before about what this because i agree with you on how this movie feels like it's a like it's a reboot yeah, yeah. I mean, they're. I mean, to me, it felt like okay. They had the '90s Gamera series, and they acknowledge that, and they're just gonna reboot it and start over again. And hopefully, I think. I mean, I would assume they want to do a new series of films. You know, if this would have been successful. Yeah, I wish I knew the numbers and if it were successful or not. I just know that as uh, as American fans go, I've heard a lot of you know negativity about it. Not to mention though. Uh, we were talking about the toy because I have a uh, Toto figure here in the in the in the room here, but they never made like a Zetus figure. And Zetus, in my opinion, we'll get to it later, but it's one of the coolest monsters I've ever seen. Yeah. And to not have you know a, fig- a figure available of him or a figure available of like the old school Gamera, it's just maybe that is you know a, a how do I say this? Maybe that is a great example of how this film did not do well i don't know if it did or didn't i know that just as far as american fans go people were a little disappointed in it i think i mean for my money i'd have a hard time really ragging too much on this movie but i think it's like really really well done um the special effects are good I thought the acting was fairly good, especially for having so much, you know, for having kids as main actors. Yeah, yeah. As your leads. And, you know, it's not filled with a bunch of really just kind of ridiculous humor like you got sometimes in, in the older films. Right. There's a little bit of, you know, ha you know, ha, look at this. We're making fun of blah, blah, blah. But in inside of like the scene where the kids are juxtaposed uh, to, against uh, the little Toto Gamera in the kitchen, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're skateboarding and he's, you know, facing his dangers in the kitchen. They do have a really awesome moment where it's very ET like where the, the knife comes down and the yeah. little Toto Gamera looks at it. And it, it's a very gear on, you know, moment where, you know, the knife is the threat and he like looks at it and blows a fireball at it. Yeah. That's, my favorite part of the movie, I think, actually, is because I'm such a huge fan of Giron. I don't care that he looks a, like a giant knife head. 
that, monster. <laughs> that's a really good part in the movie that actually breaks up what I think is otherwise the most uh, childish part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think if, if the movie stumbles anywhere, that's the whole segment in through there is where it really stumbles and then it kind of has to put itself back together again. So the story itself didn't bother you guys. You guys kind of liked the idea that there's there was a Gamera. Gamera sacrificed himself for everybody, and then yeah. all of a sudden, this kid who's going through some rough times with his dad finds a new baby Gamera yeah. and, and raises it. And then again, another monster shows up and attacks, and and they have to work together to to make him all to be the monster he needs to be in order to fight the bad guy. Yeah, I had no problem with with the story that they told yeah actually really this movie i've only seen it about four times now but it's it's uh it is like like you said martin and and jeff like it actually is a lot better than i than i always remember it whenever i fire it up i'm like ah you know gamma the brave <laughs> it's <laughs> because i was such a huge fan of the heisei gamma series it is definitely a little bit disappointing of a release yeah. but there is a there's a lot of great stuff in this in this film. I mean, you kind of prepared us a little bit for what to expect. I can right. understand a fan, especially of the of the '90s films, coming in like, "Oh God, a, gr- a new Gamera film." They're going to be like, "What what 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 is this?" Yeah, like you know, it's not going to deliver on on the goods that that they had expected from the uh, previous series for sure. Yeah, I think the 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 Gamera trilogy in the '90s had had a very distinct. And uh, even polarizing impact on the kaiju fan community, and I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Um, if not tonight, then some some other time down the road. But basically, uh, so many fans like glommed back onto Gamera after passing him off as being like, "Ugh, those are just kids' films." That you know, <laughs> yeah. I think that the '90s the '90s trilogy really you know brought Gamera up a notch as far as maturity goes, and then. To have this movie come out, they are sort of hitting on multiple, you know, age age points. You know, you've got the little kid stuff, and you've got like Martin. You were talking about um, the, uh, you know, having the the violence in there that was sort of maybe for older kids, and then you you do have an actual story, which I thought was a, a really good uh, idea as far as <laughs> you know this movie goes. Mm-hmm. It's, a lot of people say, you know, who cares about the story? It's all about the monsters. But I actually really, really enjoyed the the actual tale in this story. I felt, I you know, I didn't say I can relate to Toro, uh, uh, Toto, the kid, or or any of the other people. I couldn't relate to them personally. But like, it's interesting. You know, it's not your typical like, uh, who cares about what this kid is all about, you know, let's actually give him some character, some backstory and his friend, uh, my, is the girl across the street, the girl next door. Uh, <laughs> they have their, um, the older lady, yes. <laughs> the older woman. Uh, yeah. Like I, I really like those, the story. I really, and I really like the acting in this too. This is not, you know, going back to what I was about to say with the, the Godzilla series, um, the millennium Godzilla series, Every almost every single one of those films had a had a kid in it as in a main role, and they sucked. Just yeah. about every one of them yeah. sucked, yeah. and I think that has to do with the directing, and it has to do with the acting, and it's in the writing too. It's it's sort of like that, you know, you can't have one good without the other kind of thing, and like 
the you know each of those kids in those Godzilla films just there's no part of me that feels bad for them there's no part of me that like sees the job they're doing and goes oh I, yeah you, you your mom's dead I'm sorry buddy <laughs> you know it's like yeah. I don't care about that that's terrible but in this film you know I do feel bad that uh, the Toto's mom isn't around and you know he gets those little flashbacks every you know every yeah. once in a while it's not it's not a happy moment you know yeah and you know i i think one thing about this film it never made me like roll my eyes and go like oh god you know what i mean <laughs> the scene in in the kitchen scene and the roller skating scene you know that if they had too many of those you'd be like oh brother but it's only yeah. that one part mm-hmm. and it's not too much you know um yeah so i mean and i think you know this film had had heart there you go that's a good word for it you this know, film and, has heart and, and that, it and didn't seem to be too overbearing about yeah it. and the fact that uh that you can have a film that has kids in it playing a significant role and have it speak to you is is really good and like when the when my is kind of freaking out in the um in the makeshift hospital bed room area you know trying to get the stone the lucky mm-hmm. charm to gamera and like that kid comes over and that just goes from kid to kid to kid to kid i just i loved that i thought that was really a great way to bring it back to the sort of like friend of all children kind of thing that we you almost get a little bit of that just it's just like a taste of it in Gamera 2, when he's sort of like the burned-out husk in Sendai, I believe. And um, and then all the kids are standing around the, the trash can fire, and they're all like, you can see they're all hoping that Gamera comes back to life, and then he does, and then flies off. But that's it. You get just a tiny little bit in uh, the 96 film. Mm-hmm. But this one, yeah, I loved this film as far as... Uh, as far as the heart goes, there's a, you know, I have some criticisms about it, but, uh, uh, you know, not about the story, not about the acting. I, I wonder if some of the people that don't like this film, uh, basically take it for the entry, the, the whole beginning sequence really kind of dismisses the Heisei series because he's battling Gaius. Is that right? Oh, Gauss. Yeah. Uh, Gauss and destroys himself for Gauss. And that kind of says, oh, well, there's no uh, Iris and Legion movie now because this was that was Guardian of the Galaxy. So I, I, yeah. I, I don't know if that if anyone really does or not, but that, that kind of dismisses the rest of those movies and how all of that all played out, that none of that existed, none of that's there, that's all gone, this is how Gamma really went away, and now here's our new lineage where Gamma is, is this. This is definitely a different universe. I mean... Um if you want to get into the the details, I the only reason I bring it up is because I think it's kind of a cool story, is that Shusuke Kaneko, who directed those Gamera movies, he essentially said, by the way, in an interview, he's like, by the way, in my Gamera universe, there are no turtles. Like, no one ever says Gamera is a giant turtle because there's no such thing as a turtle in my universe. So, like, uh, this... That would be. This is a different universe because there are turtles. Because everybody knows that Gamera is a giant turtle, and mm-hmm. he, you know, uh, Toro finds the the small turtle and just thinks it's a regular turtle, and then of course it starts to get bigger. 
Um, but yeah, I think you're right as far as, as, well, I think you have a point. I don't know if you're exactly right. A lot of people, uh, and we'll find out when we read these, uh, these discussion submissions from people, like what people really think about the film. But I think that, I th- I think it's probably a little bit of like uh, of that like oh you're just dismissing all this awesome stuff that happened in the Heisei series. Yeah, I I do think it's more probably about people just being like this sort of just a skew view of that sort of uh, perception and just saying like what happened to the awesome movies in the Heisei series and, and you're not that, continuing with that. Yeah. You know? I think it totally sets that up. I think it says, not only are you dismissing it, but now I'm not getting this badass version that I had before. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's too bad because I would. I think everybody who finished watching Gamera 3 like saw the ending of that and wanted to see, like, what is next? You've got all <laughs> yeah. these gauss like, flying towards Tokyo, and what is happening next? But, I, I, I mean, I actually... I almost like it better. It's it's one of those things where when uh, when something ends, it leaves you wanting something more, yeah. and that's you don't get that a lot. A lot of things, you know, a lot of times everyone has to wrap something up in a tiny, you know, neat little package, and uh, you have to get a, a clear, distinct ending. And you know, half the time that happens where you get your 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 ending to something, it's it's not as awesome as you wanted it to be. And a lot of people complain, like, ah, this movie was awesome, but then they, like, loused up the ending, and, and uh, you know, I, I think it's better that they just ended it right before the giant battle. You know, expectations are so high that it's bound to be a disappointment. Yeah. You know? But we're not talking about Gamera 3, even though I could talk about Gamera 3, <laughs> like, for <laughs> That's right. a long, long time. Uh, let's get back to, uh, let's get back to something. This is... Um, uh, something I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about the special effects, which can include the suits. It can also include, you know, the compositing, the the the, the explosions, everything about special effects for this film. Like I thought, this film was on par special effects wise to the other Gamera films. Even though we went took it back to a kiddie version, there yeah. were only a couple of points in the film where I was like. Yeah, it didn't really look so so great, and most of it had to do with like Zetus's tongue when it shot out. It yeah. just looked a little too CGI. But I mean, yeah. but that's about the only thing so, in the yeah. film that really kind of struck me as like, you know, that doesn't look very good. Yeah, I like I but, love the monster action in yeah. the small town. Like usually you see that stuff happen in the in a giant city where there's skyscrapers and. Uh, you know, giant neon lights and subway tunnels that have to get crushed and shopping malls that have to get blown into and seeing them in that sort of coastal small time town mm-hmm. almost almost reminded me of um, the Damajin trilogy, you know, yeah. seeing him, you know, wreck an old school like Japanese uh, uh, village in a sense. But it's it's interesting to me that that's where they chose to do it. And then, then they, of course, moved it into a, into a big city, Nagoya. Yeah. I, I was impressed with the special effects. I thought because they had, you know, um, Gamera from in different stages of size. And I thought it looked, you know, pretty good in every every stage. I believed he was there. Cool. What about you, Martin? How do you feel about the special effects in this film? I, I thought they were, were really, really well. I Admittedly, sometimes I kind of look at these films and I think, all right, they're not totally up to the Hollywood 
level. Oh and, yeah, and I don't yeah. I don't know why that is, and I would imagine that it really comes down to money, how much money we throw at films in the U.S. compared to what other countries throw at it. But I I I thought it was really great. Yeah, the the CGI on the tongue was probably the most noticeable, and there was a couple others, but it's. I thought it was really well done, and I thought their miniature and suit work, their practicals, were were really well done. I thought that was some of the best that I've seen. Cool. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, when you look at stuff from, because uh, this is the most recent, like, uh, large-scale monster movie. I'm not going to... I should include the. I wondered if that planet. was going to come up. <laughs> the, uh, well, I mean, like, uh, not not from America, but from Japan. You know, you've got Are you like mentioned Death Kappa. You got Death Kappa, <laughs> and you've got yeah, you've got Death Kappa. You've got like the Monster X uh, Strikes Back movie. It's terrible films, but they. If you include those, I would say. Obviously, Gamera, is, Gamera the Brave is the most recent Gamera film or Gamera Godzilla film. The big names that have that have come out and um, it's it, I I don't know. I just think it's a a really great entry into the giant monster landscape, and uh, it, it I think it needs a little bit more respect from the from the fans. I mean, I I haven't read all the submissions yet, and I hope some people liked it because it's uh, even though it's not as as mature of a uh, of a story and not you know as dangerous to the human race it they still include a lot of people dying and a lot of violence and yeah. a lot of monster blood and some really great effects and destruction there you, there are people that I could point the finger at who have pandered to kids in a lot worse way on a lot bigger budget on a lot bigger yeah. movies so i i thought that Really, there was only a few moments in this film that kind of pandered to children and didn't really give a. And it was, it was a very brief set. It's the the early flying section, right? Yeah, you know. And aside from that, I think the way the movie starts up, up to that point, is really great. And post that that time, gets good again. So yeah, I, I agree. I it's I it's just a really well done film. I think it does deserve more respect. What about the? Uh the music to this film. You know, it's not, not something we actually talk about a lot, but it's something that I, as a uh, as a podcast, this is why I started the podcast, is about music from these films and trying to learn more. And what it ended up, you know, migrating into was just more about monster talk all the time, which I'm fine with, and I think all the <laughs> listeners are fine with. I don't, don't think I've ever gotten anybody that goes like, hey, man, you don't play enough music on the show, <laughs> so that's fine with me. You stop telling us the news. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Stop telling us your opinions, man. Uh, but <laughs> no, cares. it's it's this movie had the weirdest soundtrack that worked. Yeah, agreed, <laughs> totally. <laughs> like I like when it starts up, like you hear you're watching this old nasty looking Gamera fighting these Gauss, and you hear uh, almost like. Um, Irish uh, uh, wind instruments, like, mm-hmm. and it's like, what? Is and it going ends that way here? too. It's it's all Irish woodwinds. Yeah, yeah I don't. And, <laughs> and then midway through the film, I know you commented while we were watching it. <laughs> you know, it sounded like Italian. Yeah, are they Italian? I said that because it was like, wow, yeah, this is yeah. like a little Italy music. <laughs> there was like some Amelie style <laughs> music in there for sure. Yeah, yeah. and there was uh, there was some. Uh, guitar stringed moments that were I was kind of like 
this is almost like serenity. This is almost like the moment where they're riding the mule into town. <laughs> it was like, but it was, it was the, the music that shouldn't have been there that worked really well. Yes, I agree, Martin. <laughs> this is very much like, uh, actually kind of like a lot of things we've seen in, in uh, popular culture these days, as far as, as far as soundtracks go. Yeah. So this soundtrack was by, uh, someone named Yoko Ueno. And I'm not sure if the last song, let's see here, if the last song is an actual like pop recording star or something like that. But there's a lot of, there's, you get a lot of that in some of these films, not just the Gamera movies, but you know, other stuff where, hey, it's the titles or the credits coming up. Time to throw in a rock star or pop star, you know, doing some song or another. I'm going to sell some soundtracks. Exactly. (laughs) You got to, you got to make the money somehow. But it's it is weird how a lot of people don't talk about this film. It's not something that I would imagine that you know a lot of people actually forgot about this film. Maybe maybe saying it's a forgettable film. I I don't know. I really like it. I think it's a it's a fun it's a fun movie and definitely deserves more more attention than it currently gets. Uh, and I can say having seen just enough Power Rangers stuff to know that I never want to see anything about the Power Rangers ever again in my existence. The fact that this guy came from that world. Yeah. I would never know that watching this film. I thought that his filming, the execution of this film for the most part was really well done. It did not look like somebody who only had Power Rangers in their pocket. Yeah, actually a lot of a lot of stuff in this film makes me feel like uh oh this who who was working on this film it must have been blah 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 uh you know like shinji higuchi or tomu haraguchi you know people who are like you know been entrenched in like science fiction films in japan for a while but i did not see their names on the credits it's it's really weird and the director i never heard of him before uh i think the producer did did um did shall we dance which is not a science fiction or fantasy film at all. It's a, I don't know. I saw the movie a long time ago. It was a, is that the sequel to latitude zero? No. Oh, (laughs) it should be. No, shall we dance? It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's basically, it's a love story. It's where a guy needs to learn how to dance. And for some reason or other, I don't know. I saw it a long time ago with my ex-wife. I don't want to talk about it. It's a, but back to monsters, uh, that are fake monsters. The, um, uh, <laughs> I got that. The <laughs> the this movie, I'd say this movie is definitely better than any of the '60s and '70s camera films. Actually, I like this movie a lot, a lot more than some of the Godzilla films in the Millennium series. I mean, I think I cut a lot of slack for the the Godzilla films in the Millennium series, specifically those ones we were talking about with the kids, where they're just so annoying. I just like. I tend to take, I like raise my eye level up above the children and just go, oh, yeah, no, no, this this <laughs> is a fine them. story, you know, and like <laughs> I'd pay no attention to the child who's, you know, sulking in the corner, you know, and that's sort of, that's sort of what I feel about like those, those Godzilla films, but this movie just had a lot of really good things going for it. Yeah, I mean, I think another thing you could compare it to is the Mothra films of the 90s. We could definitely compare it to those. And, I mean, I think it's like, I mean, it's well a lot better made than those films. I think 
That's an understatement, my friend. I mean, when you have you have missed out on a lot of the Mothra commentaries or not commentaries, but the Mothra discussions for the newer movies. I was here for like you were here for two of them. Two of the three. So you missed out on if if that, if that was a grade, you'd be what is it? Help me out. Help me out, science old science teacher. He he got sixty six percent on that. Yeah, that's, that's passing. That's a D, dude. That's a D. Hey, well, it's still passing, right? It's passing. You get moved on to the next. That's to right. The next grade, America, we're number one, sixty six percent. You get moved, you graduate. <laughs> you graduated, Jeff. That's right. Uh, Here's your ice cream scooper. Okay, so I take it back about you missing a whole bunch, but uh, but specifically. You know, you weren't here for that last film, and that one was uh, Mothra Three that we talked about. the The Mothra trilogy. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to get into this? The Mothra trilogy <laughs> was terrible compared to this. Like, well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the Mothra the monster is better than Gamera the monster, in my opinion. That's fine. <laughs> I was wondering where this was going to go. Everyone's <laughs> entitled to their opinion. But, but yeah, I mean the. the the Mothra trilogy of the '90s is very eye-rolling, and you know, like, I mean, it, it's, it's kitty fair. I yeah, mean, that's I mean, what that is. stuff is. This is, is. this is not kitty fair. We're talking. But, first off, this is almost ten years later. But in, but I I think this film is made for kids. That's who they were trying to capture. That's the audience I believe they're trying to capture. I think they're trying to rope in them, rope in kids, and I, so. And they got lucky in the fact that it's entertaining for... For everyone. For everyone. All age groups. Okay, I'll agree with that. I like what they did is... Okay, so if we're going to talk briefly... Let's talk briefly about this. Like, uh, they are looking for... Potentially looking for new audience members. You know, new new eyes for Gamera. People who haven't been a Gamera fan. Like, if this is 10 years after or almost 10 years after the 90s trilogy came out, you're definitely looking at brand new children, you know, who may yeah. have not seen any of these films and right. may have may have seen some of the Godzilla films and been like, oh, that was really cool. I want to see more. Uh, and so the difference between, like, the, the Mothra trilogy and the Millennium series and what they were doing to rope in kids is they were, in my opinion... This film was a lot smarter, and they did a better job of boiling it down to a more believable story, uh, which is silly to say because we're talking about giant monsters. But it, it, yeah, it, it's a more simplified story. the The adults weren't idiots. Yeah. You know, they cared deeply for the kids. The kids did care for the adults. You know, it's a it's a much better tale, in my opinion, and you know. I think uh you know we talked about the the eye rolling stuff in this film like the juxtaposition between the kids skateboarding and Gamera's little adventure in the kitchen and uh the kids holding hands at the end to block them which is fine I mean it Yeah, fits, I didn't have a problem movie. with that. It's I think the the story was building up to that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and sure that was a little predictable like uh, the kids are going to stop the adults from proceeding and being jerks and trying to capture Gamera. But that didn't, it didn't bother me that much. I think what really bothered me about this film, the thing that bothered me the most was the way that Gamera looked. I mean, his as a monster, 
He looks ridiculous. He almost he's, looks as bad as the 1994 little Godzilla from yeah, Space Godzilla. He, you know, he looks childish. That, that, yeah, it's too cute. He's yeah. always too cute. They even said like especially they even compared said, like, kawaii to, in the movie, which is like you know like super cute. Well, especially compared style. to you know to Zetas, who looks like a total you know, badass. Yeah, yeah, you know, mean and lean, and I mean, he's eating people, which is great. I love that when when the Gamera, Toto Gamera, first stops Zetus is when he's eating people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like his mouth comes up, Zetus opens his mouth and it's, it's all filled red. with blood. Yeah. <laughs> like, that well, was cool. And the kid was spattered with blood that was under the concrete there. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Ugh. And I the think Zetus I mean, is a cool monster. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And compared to Gamera, who looks. I mean, it looks like they're from two different movies, really. Yeah. You know, it does. Gamera I mean, looks Zetis, inf- inflatable. Zetis could fight Godzilla, you know, really, the way he looks, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, for <laughs> looks sure. looks inflatable. Yeah, he That's does. Good. He yeah. does look inflatable. Yeah. But Gamera looks, he's like all puffy yeah. and adorable. He looks inflatable. Yeah. And the thing that really pushes it a little bit over the edge Jeez. for me for Gamera is his eyes are a little bit, you know, it's They're just, childlike. There's like too much like a doll's eyes, you know, just too blue. And yeah. It's. But, yeah. Anyway. But it, I mean, it's a small complaint. I wonder if that's the biggest complaint from people is is that the camera just looks so ridiculous in this film. Well, especially when you compare it to like, you know, that opening scene. Yeah. You know, when you look at that camera compared to the one at the end of this film, it's night and day. Yeah. You know, t- uh, when Tiger watched the film with us and when, when the film was over, he said, I thought Gamera was going to have another stage because he wanted to see Gamera turn into like the, like craggy looking monster that we saw in the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Sorry, buddy. And you can have precursors <laughs> to that too, you know, kind of hardening up the shell, putting, putting more edges. Like, like you said, he looks all soft and puffy and that's what it is. There's no, Hard edges, there's nothing that looks like they're going to turn into all the spikes and the edges and everything that Gamera is that we see in the very first few minutes. Yeah, you do get a little bit of that in the shell, but it's not very not much. Not much. Not yeah. very much. It's it's just the it's the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see a couple things that are like, oh, here comes a little... It's starting to form spikes on the back, but it's not enough to, to really make it look like a dangerous monster. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah. Where where do we go from here? I guess um, final thoughts is, is where I'd go. Martin, what are your final thoughts on this film? Uh, I enjoyed it. I think you made a really good point in that if there was going to be an entry-level movie, I think this is probably one of the best entry-level movies for people who have never seen it. I think this is a really good one to start out with with anything. Cool. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. It's a, I have really no major complaints with this movie. It's a lot better than I expected it to be. Um and, I, and I, I'm actually a little bit, you know, bad it didn't continue the series. I was kind of curious to like what they would do next. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe maybe we will see Gamera in the future. Uh, I guess my final thoughts on this are, are that uh, this is actually a good monster movie. It's something that, you know, can, is enjoyable for a wide range of ages and or age groups, I guess I should say. And I would, uh, I would like to hear or I'd like to see more people... Uh, more people check it out and um i will say that i went this entire time without complaining about media blasters not having released the um blu-ray before this discussion but um uh i guess i'll just keep it that way i won't complain about it is the film available 
on regular yes it was released on dvd several years ago okay yeah so people can get get a hold of it yeah it's still it's still out there still available i just was hoping for you know high definition that's what looks best on this big screen you guys i can't i can't uh can't deny it anyway uh we did get some we did get some responses in so let's hear what those people had to say gamera the brave is day (laughs) nice way to go kyle Gamera the Brave is one of Dave's favorite Gamera films. Sure, it probably doesn't measure up to the Heisei trilogy, but it shows how a friend-of-all-children Gamera film could reach its full potential. It has engaging characters of both the human and monster variety. For the former, the kid actors were really good. For the latter, it was Toto's protectiveness of the Toru and the others. Uh, Though Dave complains about the size change, the scene where Toto is being taken away and he opens his eye at Toru, or at Toru's calls, uh, he just, he could actually believe there was something alive behind that eye. He also loves the moral that you should uh, avoid committing heroic sacrifices if you can. Dave's sure this has some meaning in Japanese culture, but he's not sure on on the specifics. Zetus made for a great, though stereotypical, theropod monster. He was a creeper of a man-eater, and uh, he was sorry to see him blown up by Toto. The film failing at the box office made Dave wonder if that was a combination of too many changes of the, uh, to the Gamera concept, like the roar or the mid-90s uh, were just not the right time for a kaiju flick. Whatever the case... Actually, technically speaking, this was the mid-2000s. Anyway, uh, whatever the case, he was he still loves the film and hopes at least that uh, Toto reappears in future Gamera movies as Gamera's sidekick. He knows certain people would want to murder him upon hearing this, but he does not care. Dave watched the film so much that he planned a sequel fanfic, which he hopes to get back to at some point. He even watched it with his mom, who also enjoyed it. Dave knows you all are probably aggravated about, uh, aggravated about him waxing lyrical about the film, so he'll end it here. Gamera the Brave is a wonderful family film, and he hopes Katakawa Pictures does Gamera in a similar vein in the future. Hmm. All right. Robert says um, that he has mixed feelings about this movie. It is a monster movie framed in a coming-of-age story or the other way around. While he admires the depth of the the filmmakers tried to introduce into a kid's genre and the attempt to bring Gamera back to his roots. Robert thinks there's way too much plot bogging down the beginning of the film. But once the bad guy shows up, things get exciting real fast. The effects are excellent, and uh, Jadis is a particularly gruesome foe for Gamera. Though Gamera himself looks too cute, even if he is supposed to appeal more to kids. It is nice to see the children's interaction, and it was portrayed a little bit more realistically than in previous Gamera outings. For example, the Twilight Bark sequence where the kids bring the giant pearl to Gamera. Much better than riding on Gamera's shoulder or joyriding in a submarine. While it is not as awesome as the 90s series, Gamera the Brave is one of the better films in the series. Andrew watched Gamera the Brave for the second time last night, and he has to say it's a ton more fun than he remembers it being. Maybe when he went into the, uh, maybe when he went into it the first time, he was expecting something more like the Gamera trilogy, which it absolutely is not. But the whole movie is actually quite a bit of fun and not completely idiotic like children's kaiju movies tend to be. Gamera the Brave manages to be 
for kids and actually has a plot, which is wonderful. Zetus, although probably the worst named monster in history, is actually very cool too. Andrew was consistently surprised by the flexibility of the suit. For the first time, he didn't feel quite so bad for the guy in the suit since it didn't look nearly so heavy. Baby Gamera is cute and scenes with him uh, scenes with him in it are fun if you have the right frame of mind for them, but he does have two huge problems with it. He hates the design of the fully grown Gamera at the beginning of the movie. Andrew knows they changed it so they looked more like Toto, but it just ended up looking fat and ugly. And how in the world did we not once hear the actual Gamera roar? He was waiting, thinking that maybe when Toho gets to full power, he'd give the classic roar, but no dice. Sound is almost as important in uh, sound is almost as important as visuals in kaiju films, and good roars can be just as powerful signs of the character as the actual look of it. Gamera's roar is one of Andrew's favorites of all time, while Toto's is a mashed-up bunch of free sound effects they found online. It seemed. Anyway, he's still quite like Gamera the Brave, though who knows just how much of enjoyment of his enjoyment stemmed from the fact that it was a break from writing his term papers. Ron says uh, he just got Gamera the Brave, and all he can say is it's okay. The plot is good, nothing amazing. The special effects were good, but could have been better. The suit looked ungamera-like, but he's seen worse. The only two bad things were the boy always calling Gamera Toto and Gamera sounding like King Kong. As a whole, it's a good way to spend two hours on a rainy day. He'd show this to a kid watching a kaiju movie for the first time, but not an adult. Mike's second time watching this better than it could have been, but still not as good as it could have could be one-off kaiju flick from Katakawa. Gosh, so bizarre to see that to not see the familiar Dae logo in front of a Gamera flick anymore. This film is much, much better than, uh, much better kitty fair than what Toho gave us with their Mothra trilogy. Jeff, calm down. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, he gives it points for that alone. Still, Mike has a few quips. It seemed like it took a little long for the real action to get started, although the pace is nice and steady once it does start. And Gamera slash Toto, for, the most of, for most of the film, looks like a cross between an English bulldog and Honey Boo Boo. Don't believe him? Google both of those and see for yourself. I don't know what Honey Boo Boo is. It's a reality show. You don't, you don't want to know. Okay, good. I'm embarrassed that I know what it is. Okay, uh, back to this. <laughs> Infant Toto looked surprising. Uh, supri- Infant Toto looked suspiciously like a Russian tortoise, but at least some of those scenes obviously used CGI. He'd be interested in seeing a breakdown of CGI versus actual Shalonian footage, uh, if it was all CG, then Mike's hat is off to those digital maestros, because then it's some of the best he's ever seen. On to other stuff. Mike doesn't think there's any question that Zetus steals this film. He found it interesting that the government decided to name him uh, name him that, but never elaborated on why. What does Zetus mean? He remembers uh, when promos photos of Zetus started appearing, and everyone compared him to Giras a.k.a. Godzilla with a frill around his neck from Ultraman. When seen on film and in action, Zetus doesn't recall Giraffe so much as he does a frill-necked lizard. In fact, the monster gives the very distinct impression, more than any other kaiju, of being a giant lizard, not a dinosaur or any other prehistoric animal, and it's pulled off more more convincingly and ethically 
than uh, had they actually used a real lizard. Lizard. The chameleon tongue calls to mind Barugon, so he guesses this is the closest we'll get to seeing uh, that monster resurrected. The relatively smaller size of these kaiju allows for larger miniatures with much greater detail. Actually, he found no glaring flaws with any of the visual effects. Maybe a few of the sound effects. Uh, it would have been better to hear the Gamera's signature roar over the drunken elephant sound that we got instead. <laughs> he also says this this film has no connection to either the classic Showa series nor the Heisei Gamera trilogy from Shusuke Kaneko. The move uh, does spin... Uh, the movie does a spin on one of the central themes of the original Gamera films, which is the friend of all children. Now we see that it's a—it's actually all children that are the friend of Gamera, somehow telepathically knowing what he needs and working together to get it for him. Puberty seems to be the cutoff for this Gamera empathy. Mike guesses that testosterone and estrogen crowds out the Gamera hormone. He wonders if uh, that's what all those aliens were getting high off of in Torchwood. And unfortunately, I don't really... Actually, is it unfortunate? I don't know. I don't. I watched a few episodes of Torchwood. It wasn't for me. Yeah, I've seen like... I think I saw like the first three. I can't really comment on it. Honestly. Okay, okay. So. well, let's get... Let me finish up with Mike. what Mike says. He adds, uh, hey, want to know something cool about this film? It's great for quote mining. As your friends... Uh, ask your friends to figure out what film this line is from. Toto would never blow himself up. Go ahead. It's great at cocktail parties. All in all, an enjoyable monster romp, not the best he's ever seen, and definitely not the worst. Okay, this was Robin's third time watching Gamera the Brave, and it still holds up. He's been begging his girlfriend to watch it with him, but she really hates monster movies and sees them as a waste of her time. A couple of nights ago, she suggested they see it, and it went over fairly well. She wasn't very impressed by the monster fights and found them the worst part of the movie, especially since Gamera just stood there looking stupid as it has kicked his scrawny little plastron to kingdom come. <laughs> Another thing she could have done without was the occasional heavy handedness with exposition and such, but she saw it for what it was, a flick aimed towards kids. And as a kid's movie, she thought it held up good. What she did enjoy more was the characters, finding them likable and believable. But what really struck home as the best part of the movie was the scene with the kids running in slow-mo in the battered city ruins to epic music. Robin has to admit he enjoyed seeing her all reluctantly choked up, half-sobbing. I'm only 50% sarcastic right now. He really likes the film. The kids do a great job. Characters are believable as real people. The monsters look great as do the sets and scenery, and the music is very catchy too. Finding an egg on a glowing stone and turning out and oh, turning on. out to contain... <laughs> I think Jeff started, cut, cut in a loop here. <laughs> <laughs> and turning out to contain a giant city-stomping turtle feels like it came a little out of nowhere. And he didn't like the part about stuffing Gamera with glowing stones to power him up. Also, Gamera's eyes looked weird when looking in certain directions, and Zetus's tongue was struck him as being too CGI. Other than that, a great film. Excellent for newcomers of the genre, and a movie he'll come back to. 
I have to say, uh, I after we watched it, I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and I was like, man, I, I can't wait to show you this movie when it comes out in high definition on Blu-ray. <laughs> anyway. Hopefully in the near future. Right? It's supposed to be out. It's, I don't know. Man, I, don't, I don't even care about saying it's supposed to anymore. Well, right. it, it, when it's out, it's out, and I'll buy it. It's, it'll be out shortly. Sure. <laughs> and shortly could be, you know. Sure, yeah. That's uh, that's relative. Hopefully anyway, by, hopefully by next Christmas. Back to the reviews from the users. Uh, Matt and his dog Ashley note, and hey, by the way, you uh, nobody here knows because uh, well, you know Jeff, but um, the the Kaiju Cast HQ has a new dog. That's right. That's right. So it does. You, you might actually hear uh, my dog Hachi make an appearance every once in a while, especially if, if you know maybe he has to go out or something. Uh, thank God he's not here right now. Anyway, Matt and his dog Ashley note, take E.T. the Terrestrial, replace the alien with the turtle, and you get Gamera the Brave. It's a fine movie, though he prefers less wacky whimsy in his monster movies. Judging by the disappointing boss, bleh, box office take in Japan, maybe he's not the only one. Still, the film gets strong passing grades on most every aspect of movie movie making. He loves how the movie starts off with a bang, which serves as a nice appetizer until Zetus shows up and eats people. One problem with the story, which moves along at a good pace, is the addition of the government bad guys who take Gamera after the fight on the bridge. They seem to have been thrown in as a foil to the good-hearted kids, but are feckless and ultimately unimportant to the movie, and may as well have been left out altogether. Um, I kind of disagree, because they they sort of hearken back to that beginning stage, uh, the very first scene we see, and they're, you know, clearly trying to move Gamera into the the big monster that everybody wants. And anyway, uh, let's uh, move back to this. <laughs> the actors get a big thumbs up for making their characters feel uh, like real, believable people, something he doesn't always see in kaiju movies without sinking into the melodrama. He supposes some might think the Redstone Relay scene a bit corny, but it worked for Matt. Hey, it worked for me too, dude. Zetus is an awesome creature, uh, awesome enough to land at number three on Matt's favorite monster list. Step aside, Titanosaurus. (laughs) I I had to say it like that. It was just (laughs) screaming at me. Aside from the tongue uh, and the tongue attack looking a bit unnatural slash special effect-ish, He'd say the animators did the animators did an A plus job. There's nary a hint of artificial uh, artificiality in how he walks or how he climbs, especially on the bridge as he's trying to get Gamera. As for the redesigned Gamera, it's a look he could get used to, though it's sure uh, it's sure a change from the downright sinister looking Gamera in the movie's opening flashback scenes. His big round eyes almost make him look cute. He does wish that Gamera flew more realistically. You know, he spins too fast and corners too tightly for such a massive monster. This is one big, ugly flaw in the movie. Gamera's roar. Gone is his trademark cry, replaced by a tired sound effect he's been hearing in computer games for the last 15 years. He simply cannot imagine a rationale for this decision to make Gamera sound different. The fight scenes are smart and well choreographed. Matt's no film student, but he was struck by the excellent by the excellent cinematography and direction. Gamera the Brave is visually interesting and appealing. The soundtrack is hit and miss, unfortunately contributing to the too lighthearted feel of the earlier parts of the movie. 
So even though Gamera the Brave doesn't feel like a, like a typical monster movie, it's still good on its own terms. Miles wants to say that Gamera the Brave is the movie that got him back into kaiju films. Despite being a childish movie that he felt that, but he felt it was the strongest in the Gamera series, except maybe save the trilogy. He is still awaiting a sequel to this great film. When it comes to kid kaiju movies, you have to go two ways. The Mothra trilogy or the way they did with this film. After the fantastic Gamera trilogy from the Heisei era, it's easy to hate on this film by default for not continuing the story or even the tone of those amazing 90s films. But for Brian, whose name I almost forgot to add to this <laughs> little discussion bit, uh, it's uh, just from the poster, it's clear that the film is going in something, uh, going for something completely different from those others and should be judged on its own merit. He saw this movie for the first time specifically for this Daikaiju discussion. High five, what's up? <laughs> By the way, this is Brian from G-Fest that I got to party with. Um, and expected something along the lines of E.T., but with a cute baby camera instead of an alien, and that's exactly what he got. Jeff, I think you mentioned that, right? I'm... Possibly. I think you mentioned that. Did I mention yeah. that? So we've got two mentions of E.T. in e. here. So yes. Nice work. Nice work. That validifies you, sir. It does. <laughs> okay. Uh, and boy, it. did this movie put a smile on Brian's face. He found it a nice change of pace. Change of pace. Oh my god! He found it a nice change of pace from the fate of the world type monster movie, and enjoyed how the story was a smaller scale and more personal. He thinks that because it has a small town setting, the appearance of the villain monster has a lot more impact than if we were to hear about it from some military command center. Also, given the fact that you actually see him eat people, makes him even more intimidating. Uh, and really has you root for the baby camera once they do start fighting. He found that this movie has heart, something that a lot of other kaiju films lack. It manages to keep the friend-of-all-children themes from the original movies, but is not too condescending. He also loved the little nod to Giron and uh, the interaction with the kitchen knife. Overall, Brian found it to be a contender of one of his favorite kaiju films, considering that he has quite a collection of them and has seen uh, quite a lot. And he would most certainly recommend this to someone who's not a typical monster movie fan who would enjoy these types of kids' movies. And there you have it, our Daikaiju discussions for November 2012, Gamera the Brave. Nice submissions. Yeah, not too bad. Some really good uh, uh, oversights. That's not the word I'm looking for. Some insightful insightful reviews from, from the fans. Uh, and next month, we're going to be talking about Frankenstein Conquers the World, the 1965 Toho classic. Yes. Uh, not only does it have Nazis, or Nazis, depending on uh, whose who's verbiage you like to borrow there, uh, not only does it have a gigantic humanoid monster uh, that would be the Frankenstein monster, not only does it have uh, Kumi Mizuno as the love interest of the film, it also has uh, American actor and uh, awesome guy all around, Nick Adams. And so uh, we're going to be watching the Media Blasters version, you know, 
considering I just ragged on them. This is a film that's already been released. Yes. So we don't have to wait on it being released. Hopefully you already have it. Uh, if you don't already have it and you want to submit your thoughts, questions, and reviews, uh, just make sure you do that before Christmas, before December 25th, to get included in the Daikaiju Discussion episode of December 2012. And uh, uh, Jeff, have you ever seen that movie? I have seen it. It's been a few years. You know, but the, it is. Oh man, I can't wait. Good. Well, I hope you can make it. Uh, I think we're going to probably record before people go out of town and stuff like that. But that yes. doesn't matter. I'll finish everything up and make sure it's all packaged up with a nice l- little Christmas bow. That's right. <laughs> for... Christmas present. Exactly. Yeah, stocking uh, stuffer for all the listeners. And you know, uh, we'll talk about it later too. But um, the the winner, the the movie with the most votes, is actually sort of kind of a sequel to Frankenstein Conquers the World. For our next commentary, we're going to be doing War of the Gargantuas, which came out the following year, 1966. But um, I think it's time for us to move on to KaijuCast News. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. Okay, there's there's something we got to talk about. We have to talk about the most exciting thing that's happened to uh, kaiju fans, at least for the past year. I mean, it's been exciting to hear that Legendary Pictures is making a new Godzilla film, but the actual news that comes out for that film is not very exciting, right? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. The I mean, most exciting thing to me is that Guillermo del Toro is making Pacific Rim. Yes. And the most exciting news right now is that the viral marketing campaign has started. Yeah, it's only six months out until the movie gets released. So they have started the campaign. Yeah, and the um, the cool thing about this is that uh, if you listen to the show, which obviously you're listening now, uh, that very intro part, I changed the little intro to the show just, just for this episode because we're so excited about it. Um, the viral marketing started so far. We've got a kaiju neuro, uh, kaiju alert system, like an emergency broadcast kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we've got some actual footage. <laughs> we've got some actual footage, uh, like a sort of like found footage style news clips of a kaiju attack, which I don't know, Jeff, how many times have you watched that? Uh, many, many times. <laughs> I've watched it at least four times. <laughs> like I can't get enough of it. Yeah, I mean it's so it's so damn exciting. It's like. it's really I don't know. It's it's good. It's hard for me not to get excited about gigantic monsters. Yeah, and plus Guillermo del Toro. I know. And not just gigantic monsters, but also gigantic robots. Did you see the blueprints for yeah. those robots so yeah. far, including today? They've released four blueprints of these gigantic robots, and they are straight from Super Robot-style Japanese stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's like multiple nerdgasms. I know, just like all day, ever since yesterday. <laughs> Je- the first thing Jeff said to me when he came over tonight was like, how many times did w- did people forward you this stuff? And I was like, not, not as many as you think, but it was just really yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm psyched. I mean, I'm really excited. I I don't want to say like what I'm trying to do for the show, but let's just say I hope I know that uh, this is an American film. 
Yes. And that generally we cover the Japanese stuff mm-hmm. or the Asian stuff. But I'm really, I think that we should focus on Pacific Rim. I think we should we should cast an eye on Pacific Rim, not just because it's a, a potentially awesome movie by a potentially awesome director, but you know, the, what's the name of the show, Jeff? It, let's see. Kaiju cast. Kaiju cast. And what kind of that's news right. alert did we get? A kaiju that's right. That's right. And, attack you know, and that's, alert. And that's something that's like just fantastic is that, you know, Del Toro has since the beginning referred to these monsters as kaiju. I know, man. Like what so I mean, how can how could we knows, not? How could he, we not? He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, this I think makes up for the fact that he's not doing at the Mountains of Madness, you know, that because he was going to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the so, H.P. Lovecraft story. Yeah, yeah. So he was, so this is what he chose instead. And it, I, you know, it, it's hard. You know, you, you, you tell yourself, I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to get let down, you know. But really, I after, don't know. I after don't think seeing I'm telling that, myself that. <laughs> well, I'm kind of like, I don't want to, you know, because as we get older, you know, it's always life is just one disappointment after another. But, <laughs> 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 but, um, I mean, after seeing that, you know, the viral video yesterday and, and the blueprints and everything, it's just like, oh, my God. You feel like you're 12 years old again. You're just like, oh, I'm just so excited. Yeah, that's a great that's that's a great way to put it, man. I'm super excited. Um, Dave, one of our uh, frequent guests for Daikaiju Discussions and uh, Baron Von Gulo around here in Portland, the uh, the guy who runs Fright Town, he, I think he sent me a, a message he's like you have seen this right and i was like yeah i saw it earlier today no no he said like this is old news to you right and i was like yeah earlier today but not that old news and super exciting he said yes in like all caps it was like i'm so excited and then the next uh the next thing was like you do know that if you see this without me i'll hate you forever <laughs> i think you're gonna have like i mean you have a lot of people who are gonna be wanting to uh have a screening with you. Oh, you know what would be a good idea to work with the Roseway Theater and have a midnight screening of this. Yeah, a midnight on like if it comes out on a, like you usually have midnight screenings, you know, on Thursday. You should get a special one on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I can't promise that I won't do uh, everything in my power to see a press screening beforehand. That I'm yes. telling you right yeah. now because I'm and, excited. And we only have to wait, you know, till July. It's still a long ways out, but it's something. I mean, you know, the movie's being made. Or it's done. They're working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're done and they're working on effects and just working on promotion. I think it's really, it's great that it's already finished. And and Jeff, when you showed up, you said something that uh, even though we're really excited for this particular film, the legendary pictures Godzilla film is going to probably have a lot to live up to. Yeah, because that's coming out the next year. Yeah, that's coming out in 2014. So I really think this film, you know, in a way it's going to kind of help the legendary pictures Godzilla film and like, ooh, giant monsters will be, you know, in the public consciousness yep, because, of yep. like, because of this film. But if this film is completely awesome, you know, I mean, that's just going to, I mean, the Godzilla film already has a lot of pressure on it among, you know, the hardcore fans as it is. And this is really going to, I mean, to the average cinema goer who loves monster movies or just huge spectacles it's going to heap up even more pressure oh yeah for, for this sure legendary pictures film to uh you know stand up okay so i've been doing this show for almost what four years now yeah. it's, it's started yeah. in 2009 beginning of 2009 mm-hmm. i can honestly say without uh you know and i i love doing the show every every episode i'm super psyched to do it um 
this particular moment right now where we're jamming about this viral marketing from Legendary Pictures Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. I want to say it's almost the most excited I've been talking about news items at least doing this entire show. So if that's any sort of inclination as to, uh, you know, how psyched I am about this. And if, you know, if Guillermo del Toro was not using the term kaiju repeatedly and trying to make that a household name. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd be excited, but I mean, I'm sure I'd be excited, but I wouldn't think, I don't think I'd be as excited as I am right now. I'm, I'm just like, when I saw that thing, when, so I don't remember who it was, but somebody forwarded it to me is like the kaiju emergency alert thing. I was just like, oh, God, are you kidding me? Yes, it's so good. So good. Uh, and anyway. you think about it, I mean, in the years since doing this show, it's few and far between you actually have, you know, a brand new film to talk, oh, yeah, to talk sure, about. For sure. And hopefully in the next two years, we'll get a couple. You know what I mean? So. It would be nice. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I well, at least we'll get two. We will at least get two. We'll get the, yeah. you know, Pacific Rim and we'll get uh, the Godzilla film. I mean, I have the, the show's know, at least going to go through 2015. That's right. <laughs> so. That's right. Um, I and, you know, right now I have if I was to like, I mean, we don't know that much about the legendary pictures film. So it's kind of unfair to really, you know. I can't criticize it or anything, but I got to say that Pacific Rim, I'm more excited for that because my I think, I mean, Del Toro is proven. He knows, I mean, he's a fantastic director. He's like probably my favorite director right now working. He's, oh yeah, you know, I would agree with that statement. You I know, would totally so agree with like, that statement. I don't think he's made a bad film yet. Even his, because he kind of, you know, he, he alternates between, you know, films in his native country. And then Amer- big American films, right? And as American right. films, which you got to kind of compare, because um, they're the the bigger budget, huge spectacle films, which Pacific Rim is definitely going to be. But um, yeah, I mean, he does a fantastic job with. So those. so just that you know, this is me and Jeff just you know BSing here during the show. Like, what has been your favorite Del Toro film? My favorite Del Toro film is, it's probably Pan's Labyrinth or. His first film, which is Kronos. Really? Like, from like, really? But I love his, you know, I loved, uh, you know, the Hellboy films. And I yeah, liked, and, yeah. I, and I, and I think Blade 2 is my favorite of, of that series. You know, I mean, he also did Mimic. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he, Hellboy he, 2 is actually my favorite of his, of his series. But, yeah. but uh, the funny thing about, even though that's my favorite, and, you know, a lot of listeners know I'm a huge Hellboy fan. I'm a, I mean, it goes Godzilla, Hellboy, Star Wars, as far as my fandom obsessions. And so, um, you know, a lot of, I, I heap Hellboy, I, I heap a lot of uh, ad, adulation on, on Hellboy 2. Yeah. Even though it's not as good a movie as Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth is a fantastic film. Um, but I think my favorite film of Del Toro's, just overall film as i knock my microphone uh is actually devil's backbone yeah i mean that's a so great it's great it's phenomenal and one thing i i really love about del toro is you know he just adores monsters oh yeah the dude all the dude is a monster nerd yeah so you know pacific rim i mean he's gonna treat those monsters with respect and he always creates just phenomenal 
creatures, creature design. Yes, absolutely. And so far, what we've seen, we've seen. Uh, let's let's get actually back to the news instead of like waxing poetic about how much we. <laughs> Yes. Love Guillermo del Toro. Uh, so, as far as the new go- news goes, we've seen the Kaiju Alert broadcast. We've seen a sort of found footage news broadcast thing about a Kaiju attack, and we've seen two—I think, yeah—two leaked memos in quotation marks um, from different political um, forefronts. I think one's Russian, and I think one's British. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. And uh, last but not least, we've seen four robot designs now. Yeah, four. There were four blueprints. Because earlier today on Facebook, I had I posted three, and then before the show tonight, there was a fourth one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, clearly Jeff and I are very excited. I'm sure if Heather was here, she'd be excited too. You know, there's got to be a. I mean, if it's six months out, a teaser trailer is probably just around the corner. Mm. Right? Yeah, well, did you see on that... Okay, so if you go to... Oh, geez. What's it called? I think it's panpacificdefense.com. Mm-hmm. There's a countdown. And yesterday, it was at 13 days. So, uh, so I just think, around for... I think... For a big Christmas movie. You know who's putting... What company's putting... The Hobbit. Oh, God. It's got to be... I think before The Hobbit is going to be... There's going to be the... Uh, so it's Warner This Brothers, is pontification. Definitely, don't quote me on this, but I think that before The Hobbit, you'll see... Uh, pan, uh, sorry. You'll see <laughs> a Pacific Rim, Rim teaser, teaser trailer. trailer yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Color me excited. <laughs> I'm super psyched. And I, you know, another thing that we kind of talked a little bit about, I think, earlier today was about, you know, I just can't wait to see... I hope there's toys... <laughs> yeah man i mean oh, monsters aside the robots look amazing i mean yeah. seriously these robots do not look like they i i'm proud to be an american but like these robots do not look like somebody designed these in terms of like well how would a robot really you know what would you need a robot to uh do in order to destroy a giant monster they look like someone from Japan said, I am making a giant robot to, you know, with like, it's a person. These robots look like people. They yeah. are bipedal. Uh, one of them has four arms, yeah. which is freaking cool. Uh, the other ones have, you know, they're just like two arms, two legs, a head area. And like, they just look awesome. I'm, yes. we need to, we need to move on. That's but right. man, I, th- I oh. think the listeners have got the impression that, you know, we're looking forward to this. <laughs> yes, slightly. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, hey, you know what else happened, Jeff? Uh, we also got, a, there was a tweet from, um, there was a tweet from the writer Drew Pierce about yes. him being finished with the Godzilla script. Uh, and apparently people are glomming onto that saying that the Godzilla script is finished. So he's finished with it or it's been approved for let's shoot it. Okay. So, or he's finished with it and now the studio is going to like, okay. Yeah. He says hire he, writer number two. He says he's finished with it. That means some people are, are, uh, are thinking maybe it's finished. It's like done. Yes. Um, I want to be, I'm, I'm hopeful about it. You know, Adam Alexander from, uh, from the monster project also from botch the crab mm-hmm. uh, I believe he was like oh have you read it and I was like no and let me make this clear 
when the Godzilla movie starts to get into some serious production, I will not read the script. I will not be reporting on all the minutiae that may or may not come out for that movie. Because when I go see that movie, I don't want to be like, oh, this is the same crap I've already seen over and over again. Yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, here's the exact same script that I read mm-hmm. um, a long time ago. Let me just take a brief, brief moment here to say that when X-Men 2 came out, um, there was an actual, there actually was, like, as far as I know, the actual script was put onto ain'titcoolnews.com and... Um, I started reading it because I loved X-Men 1. And I started reading it and like the very first scene with Nightcrawler attacking, you know, kind of like bamfing through the White House. I started reading that script and I said, no more. I don't need to read anymore because I already am psyched. I'm already done and I'm down for this movie. And I I feel the same about a Godzilla film. Like, you've got my, you've got my money. You know, yeah. I'm I'm not the sell here. You already know that I'm going to go see the movie. Yeah. I'm going to cover the movie. I'm going to have things to say about the movie. I'm going to review the movie. You don't need to... I don't need to, like, seek things out. And I, I'm not going to grab every kernel of information. I will report on things. Uh, and, you know, when there's something that looks significant and, like, seems like it might be actual news, I'll post that. But, uh, you know... With the exception of us driving up to Vancouver in March and being extras in the movie, which we may or may not try to do, um, <laughs> we, uh, you know, there might there might not be a lot of news about the movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel the same way about, you know, about all movies that I'm kind of excited about. I don't really want to, you know, go find the script and read it beforehand. I want. I get a little bit upset when you see a trailer for a movie because it just sums up the whole film in two and a half minutes. It, kind of like all the all the you know glory shots or money shots are shown in the trailer. I want a little surprise when you go see the movie. Oh yeah, when, I want to know everything and be like, oh, this is not what it was in the script. And this is not you know I don't. When my girlfriend and I went to go see Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. they had a trailer for Avengers. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I stuck, I stuck my fingers in my ear, yeah. closed my and my ears. I closed my eyes and I did not watch it because I knew I'm like I want to see Avengers. I'm gonna see Avengers. I don't need to see a trailer for Avengers. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on. That's the information I have about legendary Godzilla movie. Um, hey, Sci-Fi Japan TV. We always talk about that on the show. Uh, episode six came out a little, you know, just a little while ago, where they talked to Teriyushi Nakano. And uh, who is the special effects director that took over in the Showa era films after Ages Subaraya? Well, that was part one of that episode, and now part two is available online. If I have not said this enough, please, please, please go watch those. Please, please, please subscribe to those because uh, the guys who run that really doing a fantastic job. They're these are not like just crappy interviews they're putting together. They're yeah. doing a really good job of shooting them and uh, subtitle subtitling them and uh, making sure that they're presenting a very cool monster related story for you, the the viewer. And it really uh, it would suck if if they stopped doing that because they didn't have the support they needed to. So please do support them in in, in that. Yeah, I mean they have high production quality. It's, I mean, they should be applauded. It's, it's oh, absolutely, it's yeah, great, great stuff. 
Um, specifically, I really, really love their coverage of the uh, that exhibit. That it it kills me that I'm never going to be able to go back in time and see that um, that uh, Tokusatsu exhibit in Japan. That's like. Man, is there any way we can get that just to come to Portland? I would be so happy. They'd be so very happy. Anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> there's also uh, potentially, uh, you know, more stuff on SciFiJapan.com. Potentially, there's an, uh, there's um, we might be getting an Ultraman mobile game hmm. um, for you know your smartphones, your iPads. Yes, Jeff, do you have? You don't have a smartphone, do you? No, I have a dumb phone. Okay, so just ignore what I'm saying here. <laughs> Listen, anyway, there's this company. They've been putting out games. Uh, they recently acquired a couple of licenses, and one of them is Ultraman. So they very, very possibly could get an Ultraman uh, mobile game for your, or specifically, Jeff, not you, not your smartphone. Um, and last but not least, on the KaijuCast news section, because uh, we do need to move along, because we waxed quite lyrically, to borrow a phrase from a listener on the Pacific Rim stuff, uh, if if you bought Godzilla vs. Megalon on DVD, uh, you may have noticed online that some people are the haves and some are the have-nots. That's right. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of those that were released just were the bare-bones DVD, which had the movie with uh, Japanese and English tracks mm-hmm. and some subtitles as well. But some people were able to score uh, the DVD with all of the unapproved special features and um sci-fi japan has a has an article about that do you know how many copies of that pressing got out no i don't i don't even think media blasters knows that information Hmm. because what they said is that uh basically the 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 distributor that did that was running off of an old like master file i wonder if there's any listeners out there you should you know. Oh, I know for sure. If anybody a few of them did, yeah. Ha- have got that version? That got the special version? Yeah, you know what I would like actually? I would like an MP3 of the commentary for that because yeah. I have uh I have ripped MP3s of the commentaries for all of the Daiju uh Daiju Kaiju movies that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um at least the ones in English that I can just listen to on my on my iPod iPod. Yes. Did you know that an iPod is an iPod? <laughs> that's that's actually I, an iPhone. Uh, yeah, I don't have a smartphone. I have an iPod. An iPod. Good, good, good call, Jeff. <laughs> hey, let's move on to uh, the next big thing. Yes, and it is um, pretty big. It is. It really is. I know we've been uh, freaking out about the Pacific Rim stuff and and so forth, but um, there there's a big, big, uh, awesome thing that we got sent a uh, a press review copy of Godzilla versus Biollante from Echo Bridge Entertainment. Uh, and actually, we're, this is just a mini review. There's going to be a full-blown written review that you can uh, access this weekend on kaijucast.com. Um, but uh, the first thing I wanted to do was I told people on Facebook that if they had any questions, that uh, I would be happy to answer those questions specifically on this episode. So um, here we go. There's four comments. Uh, the first one is from the mayor of dinosaurs who says, uh, no question. I just love that the premise is, hey, guys, turns out that volcano. Yeah, it didn't kill him. 
Um, then Cindy, our good friend Cindy, and uh, sometimes uh, Daikaiju Discussion co-recording person, uh, says that she's curious to see what we think of the Echo Bridge release. Biolante is her favorite kaiju monster. Yes. Well, uh, we'll get into this in a second, but good news is thumbs up. Let's just say that for now. Uh, then Robert Wright Stasco writes, how is the sound on it? Is it 5.1 or just stereo? Okay, so this is actually a very legitimate question that we will go, I'll go into more in depth on the actual review. Um, but for me, it's just stereo. There's supposed to be a 5.1 track. If someone is able to access that correctly and get it to play through their uh, 5.1 surround sound system, I would really, really like to know how to do that because uh, for me, we tried it did it. not work. I don't know if the mix maybe is just not, you know, that spectacular or what, but because they would have had to create a new mix. Yeah, I don't know. know, No, no, they wouldn't have to create a new mix. Toho created a new mix. Uh, So let's let's back up a little bit. Let's just talk about these these particular items. So, um, you know, just breaking it down. You know, the movie is the movie. You know, Godzilla vs. Biollante is not going to change from 1989 to the present day. Yeah, it's the exact same movie that that people watched in December of of 1989. It's the uh, it's the story of a scientist who uses Godzilla cells to create a hybrid Rose Godzilla creature accidentally, and uh, the battle ensues. And yeah. it's a you know as far as a movie goes. I find Godzilla vs. Biollante to be highly enjoyable. It's um, a, it was one of those movies that sort of like was, it brought me back into it and made me go, oh my gosh, they made something after, yeah, Godzilla nineteen eighty five, yeah, with a new monster, because this was before I before I was able to get on the internet or anything. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so as far as the movie goes, you know, it's it's a Godzilla movie. It's got its ups and it's got its downs. Um. But, you know, then uh, video quality, I would give it an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I would give it an 8 out of 10 is because, you know, you watch a movie today like The Avengers on yeah. Blu-ray, yeah. and it's like super crisp and super clear, and everything, everything looks amazing. Um, but this movie was shot in 1989, and in Japan, on film stock, and uh, they were using 70 millimeter. I do know that. Um, so it looks pretty good, but it doesn't look as crisp and as clear as, you know, a movie today would look. Jeff, yeah. I do have a question for you. You're a big time horror fan and a lot of movies recently have been released on DVD and Blu-ray, specifically the high definition stuff. Um, you know, you saw a little bit of Biollante before we started recording tonight. What did you think about about that? I thought the picture looked good. I think it looks better than any other format you're going to find it on. mm it's definitely an well, improvement. Well, that's for sure. I mean, especially over here in the States, the film has never, ever been released except for on VHS. Yeah, a long time ago so, it was released on VHS. I mean, if you only have a VHS copy hanging around, this is, you know... It's a vast improvement. Yeah, huge. And if you happen to have a copy via other means, I still think this is going to be the way to go. And plus, with the price you have to pay for this, it's really... I mean, it's, go for it. What it's, is it? It's, it's like under ten dollars. Well, I think I think retail. You 
I think yeah, the, under, the suggested retail price, I believe, is fourteen dollars. Yeah, but you can but, find it on Amazon. You know, Amazon like seven ninety nine. Yeah, if you have Amazon Prime, and even I think maybe if you don't even have Amazon Prime, yeah, it might like be like seven bucks. bucks. Yeah, yeah. And shipping's like three or four bucks. Definitely the way to go. I mean, it's not like they're asking thirty dollars for this. And really, even if they were, this is an upgrade from any other version they're gonna find. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, that's why it doesn't get a perfect score. But man, it's. I mean, if you. If we're just talking about Godzilla films, it's about as perfect qual- video quality as, as you could get. And there's a lot of blacks and a lot of darks in this movie. I want to make sure that I, uh, first off, say I'm not typically a movie review kind of guy as far as like video quality goes. But the movie quality, the video quality in this release looks freaking great. Yeah. Um, secondly, uh, is audio quality. Uh, unfortunately, I'm giving this a 5 out of 10, specifically because I've got the 5.1 surround sound, and uh, I was not able to get anything coming out of my rear speakers. I was only able to get it coming out of my you know, front left, front right, center, and subwoofer. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. Maybe I'm you know, an idiot when it comes to sound, but uh, what I did is I put in violante and i was watching it and i put a you know chair up next to my rear speakers and i stood next to my rear speakers you know just listening really hard to see if anything was coming out nothing happened so i took out violante i put in the avengers Mm -hmm. boom sound came right through i was hearing the background noises that was that were supposed to be coming through the rear speakers so i don't know what the problem is there there is a small chance that there's something wrong with my setup but even though I'm giving it a 5 out of 10, that should never be something that stops somebody from getting this presentation. If you have just an HDTV, or even, hell, man, if you have the 5.1 surround system that you know is part of your home theater, that's not going to stop you from enjoying this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, next up is special features. Uh, just like the video, I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. Basically, there are only two special features here. So we're doing a sort of compare and contrast kind of thing. The first thing is like, if this was something like the Avengers that was shot today, you know, I would expect hours and hours of special features. This was shot in 1989, and it's a Japanese feature. These guys, Echo Bridge had to get permission to show any kind of special features whatsoever. Toho then has to approve those special features. Then they have to subtitle those special features, and that is exactly what happened. You get two actual items here. One is sort of a making of. The second thing in the uh, in the list is sort of like a uh, concept behind the design of Biolante. And um, the, the I'll just start with the second one. The second one, the design behind Biolante. It's it's kind of cool to see. They've got a bunch of different maquettes showing the design processes of the monster itself. And that's fine. It's all subtitled. Um, the The important one, however, is the making of. That one is amazing. It's um, it's all subtitled. It follows several different people as they talk about everything that's been made for Biollante. Because if you think about it, Biollante is an important Godzilla movie. Because without Biollante, you would not have had. It's it's sort of the gateway movie mm-hmm. to the rest of the Heisei films. Because you had 1985, which didn't perform as well as they wanted it to, and then they wanted to bring back the the film. Uh, the sorry, they wanted to bring Godzilla back, and they 
it took them four years or almost five years to get Godzilla back into the limelight again. And so uh, they're going through the different procedures. And sometimes you get some comparisons to what happened in the 1984 film to what happened in the 1989 film. It's really quite good and it's very well subtitled and it looks really great. Uh, Sorry. I'd said it looks really great, but it's that's, that's as far as like a Godzilla fan goes. Yeah. Really, what you're seeing is the same features that were shot. I believe these were shot around the time of like the middle of the Heisei era, because I think there are some mentions to like Godzilla versus Mothra and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, stuff like that. So uh, I'm not really sure, but I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm not really sure where these were initially intended for. Jeff, you asked if they were for the Laserdisc. Yeah, I thought because they're about twenty years old. If they were, you know, if they were shot around. Like yeah, two, they may be three. for the laserdisc. I'm pretty sure they were included in the DVD, yeah. um, in the Japanese DVD release. So now it's good to see them. They are all four to three ratio. Yeah, it's not widescreen. It's not widescreen. So like, what I had to do is I had to actually adjust my projector to do the four three ratio. I don't care. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, works for me. I think it's great that we actually have any special features at all because you think this is the only the second Godzilla film in the entire series released to us in the U.S. in Blu-ray. True, very you true. Know, you have the, the cri- three, third. Okay, yeah, yeah, the third. Destroy all monsters, then the Criterion, Criterion Godzilla, Gojira, and, and then, then now this one. one. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just like I mean we're lucky to have any special features. Absolutely, and so. Uh, special features, I give an 8 out of 10 because specifically because of that, you're lucky to even get anything mm-hmm. because Echo Bridge, you know, they're, let's just say they're not known for individual releases. And this is, you know, you're getting a singular Godzilla movie. And a lot of times, from what I understand, they release, uh, you know, packs of public domain films, right? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, I think that's what their speciality, at least, is or was maybe they're going to try to branch out and get a few um you know specialty titles and this is a great title that has never been released here on dvd it really shows that they have put a lot of effort into this and i i applaud echo bridge uh and regardless of the overall score on this Mm -hmm. um which actually we can just move into right now the overall score the overall score might be something around like an eight out of ten because you know you get a seven and an eight and a five, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the overall theme here is if you're a Godzilla fan, buy it. Get your yeah. wallet out and buy this movie. Don't let this pass you up. This is the first time it's available on home video since it was released on VHS. Yeah, back in like nineteen ninety. Something, man. Cause I think I was in like I think I was in college. Well, I know I was in college when I found out about it, and that was you know anywhere from ninety two to ninety three, ninety four, something like that. Yeah. Before I got in the on the internet, and I was like, I rented it from a video store, and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. HBO Video. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, I'm just hoping you know people get out and buy this, and then maybe that will spur an Echo Bridge to to get the rights for Godzilla 1985. Oh, man. Put that on so Blu-ray great. So great. with some special features or whatever. I mean, I think, because that's another one that's, you know, rare over here. Yeah. Actually, the, you know, there's one thing I didn't talk about and that the uh, the audio, well, I, I, I spent a little bit of time in the audio quality and how I wasn't able to get it to come through my, um, my 5.1 surround system. 
Um, I do want to mention that not only does it have the Japanese language track, it also has the um, the English track, but it is a mono source. So if I was going to watch it, it would all be, be coming through my center channel, uh, not particularly something I'd want to do. But you know, who cares? the the English The English dub is ridiculous, and it's actually a much better film if you watch it in with the Japanese yeah. uh, language and those English subtitles. Yeah, I mean, it's just nice that they throw that on there, you know, for the hell of it, basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so there you go. A mini, not so mini, actually, review of Godzilla vs. Biollante from Echo Bridge, available on December fourth. So please make sure you get out there and support this release. As a Godzilla fan, I really do believe it is your duty. Um, Jeff, you know what? <laughs> We've been spending a lot of time talking about this stuff. I think it's time we move on to local events. Okay. On uh, December 1st at 9 p.m. at the Jack London Bar, uh, the Krampus Nacht Ball is happening Jeff, do you know what Krampus is? I do know what it is. It's like sort of like the uh, dark little secret of uh, Santa Claus. That's right. <laughs> Santa's the one that brings you presents when you're good. Yes. This little demon-looking dude is the dude who takes you away and like uh, tortures takes you. Takes all yeah. the bad kids. Yeah, it takes all the bad kids if you're naughty. Uh, anyway, there's this. Uh, this it's basically it's a ball that's happening, and um, I'm gonna be going with my lady. It's gonna be really fun. Uh, and, uh, that's happening at, uh, the first of December at 9 PM at the Jack London bar on the second of December from 10 AM to 4 PM, the PDX Brown coats are heading up their, uh, third, I think annual geek, the halls craft fair at the Jupiter hotel should be a lot of fun. Also on the second from, uh, at 1 PM and at 7 PM. Uh, the Atomic Arts group is presenting Trek in the Dark at the Baghdad Theater. And hopefully, we're going to be going to that at I the same time. I will be there. Uh, the lady just bought our tickets today, so I'm, yes. I'm really excited about that. Um, then uh, next up on the 7th is at 9 p.m. Court and Fatboy is Dead, the final episode. Did you hear about that? I know. They're bringing their great show to an end. I know. I haven't really talked about it too much because it kind of makes me a little bit sad. I listen to Court and Fatboy just about every day, so now I'm going to have to fill that hole with other things like cookies and ice cream and (laughs) other fattening things. Thanks, guys. Beer. Beer. Lots and lots of beer. Thank God I have a kegerator. (laughs) Anyway, that's going to be at the Baghdad Theater. That's their live episode, and I've been to the last two ones. You know what sucks, but is also awesome? Hmm. That more sucks for what we're talking about. I'm not able to go this year. I'm going to be down the street, down the street, seeing the sword play live. Uh-huh. I'm a big sword fan. Anyway, uh, the next night on the 8th of December, which, Jeff, you need to go to this. It's the PGC3's uh, third annual holiday party. called Holiday the, party, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Epic Winter Formal. Um, it's at the Sunday Lounge, and it's a lot of fun. And seriously, Jeff, if you're not there, I'm probably going to punch you. If okay. you don't show up. So I'll get all gussied up because it's a formal. Sure, man. Bring Alex. Slick my hair back. Bring your lady. Yeah. Tuck uh, in my shirt. Get some clean underwear. You know. You know. The, the whole, whole shebang. The whole shebang. Do you know who's playing? Stovacore. Uh, wow. I've always wanted to see them. Yeah, they're playing, man. Stovacore. Yeah, For those who are, are not in the know, yes. Stovacore is a Klingon metal band. Awesome. Yeah. I've heard about them for years. Yeah, well, you know, this is your chance to, to see them live. Yes. And if you get there before 10 o'clock, 
Admission is free. Woo! Awesome. Yeah. Kapla! Kapla. <laughs> Thanks for peeking out my levels there okay, with your sorry. Klingon. Uh, I got excited. I didn't I didn't put on the Klingon uh filter there. Uh and then uh on the eleventh, you know, Geek Trivia comes back to the uh the the Kennedy School. Geek Trivia was just featured on KGW and it was absolutely hilarious. The guy who they got to cover it was an idiot. He didn't know anything about geek culture. I'm, I'm happy to say that he he is a, is the same moron who they got to cover a signing that I went to, a comic book signing that I went to last year. And it was just like, do they put this guy in these situations so that he can look like an, like an idiot? I, I, just, I, I think know he's, is, you know, he's a reporter low on the totem pole and he gets assigned, <laughs> he gets assigned this story and he's probably like, what is, you know, the oh guy, boy. the guy is, you know, the guy's older than we are. Let's just say. And uh, he just doesn't. I don't think he understands that geek these days is a is a positive thing. That's right. But anyway, uh, let's move on to the fifteenth. I'm really excited about this one, Jeff. It's a signing of things for another world. The man, the myth, <laughs> Mike Mignola. Yes, he's going to be signing at things for another world at seven p.m. on December fifteenth. And uh, I'm going to take him my Hellboy hand. Hand, think, nice. Yeah. Yeah, and of course some. But things you know, to sign once too. he signs that hand, you can't wear it again. You're gonna have to put it like in a glass case. Right? I disagree. I think I'll have to wear it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll become like a fine art piece. This and, is uh, and, and, part of my costume. We didn't yes. talk. I don't think we ever talked about this. I dressed up as post, Hellboy. You should post a picture on them. We'll see. In your Facebook uh, page. Uh, sure, maybe we'll see. I was. I'm actually hoping to get some really good shots someday. That my, you know, my photographer girlfriend might that's might right take your, photos your girlfriend of me. is a fantastic photographer you need to uh, do a photo shoot with your exactly exactly yeah. i just need to find some sort of like demons or something to take photos with anyway i think, I think um, you need to do a christmas card or something Ooh, year. i like i like there's actually an issue of hellboy that uh someone thinks he's he's santa claus mm-hmm. anyway that's not kaiju related so let's move on <laughs> Actually, you know what? That was the last local event. So uh, I think it's time to wrap this up. We actually have been recording for quite some time now. This is going to be one of those long episodes because we we just we'd love doing this so much for you guys. Uh, It's hard hard to rein us in. I I really hope that you guys are still enjoying the show. Um, uh, Let's just kick it off here. If you find if you find the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory, make sure you point your web browser to kaijucast.com where you can find the entire uh, episode list, the entire blog postings, everything we've done pretty much is on there. Links to the Facebook, Twitter, and maybe Tumblr. I think I might actually have to create a new button for that. Uh, are all available on the right-hand side. Not to mention you can download, not download, you can uh, look at the entire list of Daikaiju Discussion episodes. And speaking of Daikaiju Discussion, like we said, the next film is Frankenstein Conquers the World. If you want to have your thoughts, questions, and reviews submitted for your homework this month, make sure you send an email to controller at kaijucast.com with the subject line of Daikaiju Discussion. And I'll make sure to get your... uh, pontification included in the next Daikaiju discussion episode. Um, like I said, we're on Facebook, Kaiju or facebook.com slash KaijuCast, twitter.com slash KaijuCast, and KaijuCast.tumblr.com for all of your uh, giant monster-related needs. And if you want to get in touch with me for anything, I'm actually quite behind on my emails right now, so that might not be a, a good thing to admit. But 
You can email me at controller at kaijucast.com. We've got a lot of really cool things in the works. The most notable thing is, uh, well, actually, there's three most notable things. The first is that uh, our next commentary has been revealed. We are going to be doing War of the Gargantuas sometime in December, fingers crossed. And that was based on the... uh... That was based on a poll on the website where people voted. And uh, the, the winner, quotation marks, is War of the Gargantuas. Uh, the next thing to announce, uh, which we talked about a little bit in the last episode, is the l- next live show is not going to be in December, but it's going to be in January, sort of an anniversary show, as as it were. A four year, an- fourth year anniversary. Yep, show. that's right. I've been doing this. F- I'll have been doing this for four years and still not tired of it. I don't know how that's happening, but um, we're gonna. Uh, it's going to be very similar to the to last year's live show, except um, instead of having a million different giveaways during the show. We're just going to have a couple of big, gigantic ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so large prize packs uh, and and so forth. Uh, there are going to be some more very exciting announcements during that episode. Uh, specifically, uh, eh, never mind. I don't want to talk about it. We'll talk about it later. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and close out the show. Oh, I need to get the episode ready. You know what? Do you know who I'm talking to, you guys? I'm talking to Jeff Dean. Jeff Dean is not just a member of the Kaiju Cast Extraordinaire Awesomeness, but he also has a web show. Would you please tell us about that web show, Jeff? Because we failed to talk about it so many times yes. on this episode on these episodes. Well, the web show is a uh, it's kind of a self help guide show called Dinner and a Movie with Jeff and Drusilla, my beautiful co host, and. Um, Basically, on um, this show, which you can find on the YouTube channel, the Mary Tyler Morbid channel. All right. We have a couple episodes up there. You can also find us on Facebook, um, Dinner and a Movie with Jeff and Drusilla. You can go like us over there. But basically, on our show, Drusilla and I like to uh, help our listeners or our viewers out with some uh, nice suggestions for a nice meal and movie. And of course, the meal is always a drinkable one. We like to keep things light. But um, yeah, we like to cover um, uh, various number of cult films and uh, uh, have a nice meal as well. So you can uh, watch our show. We have a lot of wonderful suggestions. And we guarantee you, you'll have a very, very memorable evening. And if all goes right, by the next morning, you'll forget about it. Excellent. So you know what? We're gonna include a link in the show notes to that. Fantastic. And if I were, if I were, uh, if I'm about my wits later, I'll make sure to put a link in the sh- uh, the side notes to that as well, so that the link is always available because it's always good to watch. And I can't wait till episode three is released. Yeah, episode three will be released within the next few days. We are just on the finishing touches of editing it, and uh, it should be posted very, very shortly. Okay. Uh, now, since uh, since that's pretty much all we have to talk about here. I think we're going to close this out. Just kill it for the evening. We've we talked to you a whole bunch. This is going to be one of those long episodes. So for those that don't like the long episodes, sorry. For those that do like the long episodes, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. We'll see you uh, later this month. Or no, sorry. We'll see you at the beginning of Next. December. And uh, until then, Jamata. Uh, later. Later.